this month is our prayer focus. Uh, you, you received a little booklet. Sister Dean will be explaining that to you. If you did not receive a booklet, raise your hand. Okay, because Gretchen was taking care of that uh, next week. For those who are watching online who are going to be here next week, um, Gretchen will be giving out the, the books to everyone. Yes, if you didn't get the chance. Yes, she'll be, oh, for goodness sake. Um, so if you, did, if you did not get a book today, then you'll get one next week. Sister Dean is going to give some explanation as to what the books are for when she comes up to take our prayer requests. Um, but really and truly, we want this to be a top. Um, we really want this month to be a time of prayer. We want to develop the habit Okay, and, and, and sometimes we, we balk at that idea, oh, the, prayer shouldn't just be a habit. Well, if you're not in the habit of praying, then it's going to have to become a habit first. So we want to, to begin to get into the habit of praying and setting aside a time for God and, and whatever it takes to lay aside that time for Him. We want this house to be a house of prayer for all people. We want this to be a place that we can meet with God and bring our needs to Him. So throughout this whole month, we're just really going to focus in on praying. If you need some resources, there are some on the church website. Just click on resources, and they're right there. We want to make sure that you are, you're getting enough resources. We want to give you plenty of information, whatever it takes to get us into that, into that attitude and that thought of prayer. Even our, um, our songs will be invitations to it will be prayer like and invitations in the way that we speak to the Lord and the Holy Spirit um, and it's I told y'all at the beginning of the year that my word for this year was childlike and thinking about how that is incorporated in prayer a child that knows that their parent loves them will ask anything <laughs> they will ask absolutely anything they want they'll see something mom dad i have seen this i want this <laughs> without hesitation they'll ask without wondering how much it cost they'll ask Without wondering how difficult it will be to get that thing, they'll ask. And so as I come before my Heavenly Father that I know loves me, I come before Him asking, and it is up to Him to decide whether that's what I need or not. It's up to Him to decide whether I need it right now or not. But I come to Him bringing every single need, every single desire. I bring that to Him. Heavenly Father, this is what I want from you. Give this to me. So today, as we begin our first Sunday in the time of, of prayer focus, let's ask of the Lord. It's, it is His desire to give good gifts to His children. Amen. Let's see in this morning and go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, 
we come into your presence giving you thanks and praise because you are a good father. You are gracious and merciful. You are mighty and strong, and you love to give to us. Lord, throughout your word, it is proven that you love to give to us. Lord, you have given us life and breath. God, you gave your only son. You did not withhold him from us because you wanted to have this relationship with us. God, we are grateful. We are thankful because you are so good, and you invite us into your presence and you say come boldly and bring your request and today we come boldly and we bring our needs to you we bring our requests to you knowing without any doubt that you will hear and answer god we come to you as children saying father this is what i want this is what i need this is what i desire god and even if it's something enormous we trust that you have a plan and a purpose and god we just ask that you would work and move in each and every life god we ask for deliverance we ask for victory. We ask for blessings. God, we ask for breaking of chains. We ask for healing. We ask for direction. God, we ask for for strength and help according to your will. God, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would come down powerfully in this place. Holy Spirit, have your way. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet, we'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord, our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet, we'll shout out your praise. We'll shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. He hung upon that cross. He rose up from that grave. My God, still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. My God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. We were the beggars. Now we're royalty. We were the prisoners. Now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. 
We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we'll shout out your praise. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. That your presence is here with us. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, we need you this morning. There's nothing worth more that could ever come close. Nothing can compare. You're our living hope, your presence, Lord. I have tasted and seen of the sweetest of love when my heart becomes free. And my shame is undone. Your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. There is nothing worth more that could ever come close nothing can compare your living hope your presence Lord I have tasted and seen of the sweetest of loves when my heart becomes free and my shame is undone your 
Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Your presence, Lord. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord. Jesus, we need you. 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 Worthy of every song we could ever sing. And you're worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. And you're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Worthy. You are worthy of every song we could ever sing. And you're worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. 
And you're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. Jesus, the name. And Jesus, the name above every other name. And Jesus, the only one who could ever say. You are worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. And we sing holy. There is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me and holy there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my eyes in wonder show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me and your love to those around me. I will build my life upon your love. It is my firm foundation I will put my trust in you alone and I will not be shaken I will build my life upon your love it is a firm foundation I will put my trust in you alone And I will not be shaken Holy, there is no one like you There is none beside you Open up my eyes in wonder Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me and holy there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my eyes in wonder show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me I will build my life upon your love it is my firm foundation I will put my trust in you alone and I will not be shaken. Thank you, Lord. 
Give him praise this morning. He is worthy of all praise. Thank you, Lord. on there that is just very good. And two or three of us, even those having a birthday Tuesday, will um, uh, understand this song or remember this song. Uh, it is no secret what God can do. And he uh, gave the story behind that song, and it is interesting. You'll need to hear that sometime. Praise God how that Stuart... Uh, Hemlin wrote the song and how it come to be. Praise God. But it is no secret what God can do. What He's done for others, He'll surely do for you. Woo! Hallelujah! And He saved me by His grace. Praise. He claimed me as His own property. Praise God. And now He is the only God. He is. There is no other God. Hallelujah. We know that in Jeremiah 33 and 3, we know what the Scripture says there. Call unto me, and I will hear, and I will answer, and I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Hallelujah. Does that sound like prayer time? Hallelujah. I'll show you things that you won't even understand. Then in Isaiah 65, he was closing his chapter or his book, 65 and 24. Isaiah said it this way, And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will. We'll hear. <laughs> oh, glory. Hallelujah. And, and the Lord doesn't make any favors. In Romans 10, 12, and 13. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all 
that call <laughs> upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Praise God. Hallelujah. That sounds like prayer time to me. <laughs> oh, and it'll do me good. I'll tell you, it'll do me good uh, to talk to the Lord more and more in prayer. But I'll tell you, He is so wonderful. Isn't it great how God just puts the pieces of your life together like a puzzle? And it seems like maybe struggle comes, and He just fixes that, and then He fixes that difficulty, and it's straight. <laughs> Hallelujah. He knows it all, don't he? Ah, hallelujah. He goes before us, and he goes with us. And I thank God for that. Amen. Is there another person in the building that you'd say, I love you, Lord, and I'm going to praise him for it today. Amen. Anyway. Oh, yes. Thank you, Father. the Lord. Oh. Thank you, Lord. Oh, to God be to God be glory. To God be glory. Amen, sister. God is good. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody else you want to brag on the Lord. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> the Lord knows, don't he? And he knows how to fix and help and, and bring the correct answer, the answer that we need. And I just love him. God is so good. He is. And he hadn't brought us this far to leave us. Amen. Hallelujah. Brother Vic, he'll keep right on keeping on for us. Hallelujah. The, the saying that was made popular, you need to keep on trucking. Amen. Keep on trucking. Hallelujah. God is always there. Hallelujah. I will bless the Lord at all times. At all times. When I feel good, bless the Lord. When I don't feel good, bless the Lord. When it's convenient, bless the Lord. When it's inconvenient, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord when you're in church. Bless the Lord when you're at home. Bless the Lord always, at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Other places in the writing of the psalm, he, it was said that I'll, I'll, I'll bless him in the morning. I'll bless him at midnight. I'll bless him at noon, and I'll bless him seven times a day. I'll bless, oh, hallelujah. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Is it all right if the church would praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. Amen and amen and amen.
Maybe I should have got a yellow one. <laughs> Good morning and welcome to the Cornelius Church of God. We're glad to have all of you with us this morning. Time to receive our offering if our usher will come at this time. Brother Joyner, will you say the blessing over the offering for us this morning, please? everybody. As Pastor Jennifer asked me if I would be over the prayer for this month, or be over this month's special project. Normally when someone asks me to do something, I will tell you let me pray about it. But this is something that I didn't have to say, let me pray about. Because I am passionate about prayer. When I commit to something I'll say, let me, when I said, let me pray about it, it's because I want to be sure that it's something God wants me to do and that I am comfortable and not necessarily comfortable, but it's something that God has called me to do. Too many times in the past I've said, okay, yeah, I'll do something, and then had second thoughts about it. I always, if I commit to something, I'm going to do it. So, but this is something that I was committed from the very beginning. Gretchen handed out little booklets to you this morning. These are your prayer journals. You may already have a prayer journal, and if that's if you do, that's fine. You can use it. I want us to commit to praying every day. And to hold us accountable, I want you to use your little prayer journal. I don't care if you just write in it, today I prayed. The date, like for today, March the 5th. 
today I prayed. If you want to list what you want to pray about, that's fine. Use it the way you want. But I do ask that you hold yourself accountable by doing this. Now, I've had Amanda put a prayer request up, uh, a scripture up there. And this is my favorite scripture about prayer. It's be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With your with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. One of the reasons this is my favorite is the next verse that goes with that. And the peace of God, which passes understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. There was a time in my life when I was going through some stress and some different things. And I could not get hold of the situation. It was something I could not handle in my own strength. I turned to prayer, and I found my answer there. And this is a, a prayer if I'm at night when I can't get my mind turned off, then this is my go-to prayer. And that last verse, and the peace of God. I, we all need peace, and there's too many times in our lives when we don't have that. So, you know, if you have a special a prayer that you like, write it in your book. But if you don't, write this one in it so that you can refer back to it. Okay, and it's time now to take our prayer request. Uh, if anyone has a request, raise your hand on this side. Gretchen. Yep, Pop up and Gigi as they travel home. Pastor Jennifer. Remember Brother Shane and a need for Sister Leneva. Sister Judah? Okay, remember Sister Judah, she's having a surgery Wednesday morning. Okay, let's remember Sister Wynell. Okay, on this side, Sister Diane. remember Sister Diane's request. Okay, and I know if Brother Mike Hager was here, would, was here, he would ask us to pray for his family. So let's remember his family. And there are others that are traveling. Let's pray for traveling mercies for them also. Okay, let's go to the Lord in prayer now. Precious Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this day, for your many blessings, for your love, your mercy, your goodness. Father, this is a month that we are dedicated to you, Lord, for prayer. Lord, help us to remember to bring our requests to you. Father, move and undertake at each request given in this morning. Lord, remember Gretchen's request for Pop and Jesus that you grant them traveling mercies. Father, Sister Jennifer's request for shame. Lord, and Sister Lenita, Lord. Meet those 
now for fellowship.
surge protector. If y'all hear a, a weird clicking noise, that's a surge protector up there. It's just protecting all the surges. <laughs> we got we got energy going on. So yeah, it's <laughs> yes, that's right. So for a while, we have been thinking about mental and emotional health and wellness. Actually, for the the past couple of months, we started in January and we went through the month of February. And there were only two times that that was that it was skipped. So lots and lots of emotional health and wellness. And I'm not promising that we won't go back into it because that's a, a huge part of living. But we're going to be moving towards something different today. But last week we talked about discouragement and to combat the emotion of discouragement. We are instructed to cling to the promise that God has a plan. We are instructed that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And we are instructed to allow Yahweh to encourage. Because there are times that he is, there are times that he is trying to encourage us. And we just reject his encouragement. No thank you Lord, I just want to be in this state that I'm in. I just want to be upset. I just want to be worried and upset about this. But but he comes to us and he desires to wrap his arms around us. So today we shift our focus to other areas where we need to be healthy and well. And one of those is physically. So we're going to be talking about physical health and wellness for at least the next couple of weeks today and next week. I know for sure, but I know for sure. I, I don't know. There are messages prepared. So we'll see uh, what the Lord does. We don't want to. Holy Spirit, have your way, whatever you want to do. So God cares for each part of who we are. Every aspect of ourselves God cares about. Since he created you, he knows the best ways to keep you healthy. We see an example that we're going to be looking at today that Jesus sets for us, and it's beneficial to us. There, there's a man named David Goggins. He is an ultra marathon runner. He is an ultra distance cycler. He is a triathlete, and he is a retired Navy SEAL. And yes, it's it's pretty amazing the physical accomplishments of this person, David Goggins. And he is quoted as saying, "I don't stop when I'm tired." I stop when I'm done. Yes, I don't stop when I'm tired. I stop when I'm done. <clears throat> but in the words of a wise man, Forrest Gump, when I got tired, I slept. <laughs> so today, we're going to be talking about the fact that Jesus took naps. Yes, that's right. And you know what, Kim? This... The, the Lord the Lord began to work on me after talking to you. This was about <laughs> this is about a month ago. Kim wasn't feeling well and we were texting back and forth and and I said, Are you getting enough rest and enough fluids? And she said, I'm getting plenty of rest. That's never a problem for me. <laughs> and I thought, how how Christ like that that is. How much like Jesus that is. <laughs> so we're gonna be in, in Mark chapter four. So this occurrence is recorded by all three of the synoptic gospel writers. So that's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Matthew records in his 
particular rendering that Jesus was healing many people before entering this boat. Uh, Mark records that Jesus was teaching people before entering the boat. And Luke records that Jesus was dealing with family issues before entering the boat. So all three of them record Jesus being on this boat to teach the people who were on the shore. But they all talk about different things that Jesus was facing. Different work that Jesus was doing. But we're going to be taking a look at Mark's, which is actually Peter's account of this. He spoke to John Mark and, and spoke to him, uh, told him about his eyewitness account. All three of the synoptic writers record that the boat landed on the shore near the region of the it's Gerasenes, Gadarenes, or Gergesenes, depending on the version that you are reading. But it's all three the same place. The Gerasenes, Gadarenes, Gergesenes. This city, whichever spelling of it you, you take, this was one of the cities in the Decapolis. The Decapolis was a set of ten cities that were strongly influenced by Greek culture. Now, they, there, it were, there were Jewish people within that city, or within those ten cities, but they were strongly influenced by other cultures. There, were, there was idol worship. Uh, there were all sorts of shrines that would have been set up throughout that entire area. And it was in this area that Jesus was sent to free a man who had been possessed by a legion of demons. So we'll take a look in Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41 to begin. And that same day, when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And when he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly <laughs> and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So when even was come, according to Mark, at the beginning of this chapter, again, Jesus had gotten into the boat in order to teach a multitude of people. So he was out near the shoreline on a boat. This particular vessel, when we see a little bit later, it was that, that this was a larger vessel and there were little ships beside him. So this particular vessel would have been about 20... Well, they, I say this. They have found what they call the Jesus boat. They have found a boat over in the Middle East. And it, according to the dimensions, it would have fit 
about, well, about 10 passengers plus the crew. So that would have been large enough for Jesus and his disciples to, to travel around him. So this particular boat was about 27 feet long. And when I was studying, I did measure because I'm terrible with this kind of thing. So it's about from the, the plexiglass where the drums are to the piano, about that far. So, so the, from the drums to the piano, and it would have been about seven and a half feet wide, which is from this bench to the end of the stage. And it would have been four and a half feet tall. So four and a half feet is about, about this level. Okay, so you can imagine that this boat would, would fill up the entire stage here. Pretty large. So this is the type of vessel most likely that they were traveling in. And he had gotten onto the ship to speak to the multitude. There were other little ships beside him. And, and now it was evening. Sometime late in the day, at the end of a long day. Jesus said to them, let us go to the other side. So they were on one side of the Sea of Galilee. And he said, let's go to the other side. Jesus traveled a lot this way across the, the Sea of Galilee. There were times when Jesus used this phrase geographically, meaning let's go from one place to another. But there were also times that we see him say this, let's go to the other side. That he is meaning symbolically. Let's move from one level of understanding to another. Now, the Sea of Galilee, at its furthest point, is about 13 miles across. It sits in a valley. We've talked about this before. Sister Dean has seen it. I think there's a few other people that are planning to go. I won't reveal anyone, but I'm totally jealous. Um... But it, it sits in this valley, surrounded by mountains. And it was known to be tempestuous. Storms would blow in frequently without any particular warning. And sometimes as they were sailing across the sea, we see throughout all of the gospel writings that these storms would blow up and they would become frightened and that they would, that they would try to steer the boat and... Hours would go by and they didn't get anywhere. And one such storm occurred this night. It said there arose, which means came to pass or began to be, a great storm of wind. Literally, in the Greek, this means a mega whirlwind. A violent agitation. In some of the explanations, it was talking about a tornado type of wind. So almost a tornado coming across the Sea of Galilee and spinning and bringing with it water and, and just tossing water into the boat. These billowing waves were thrown into the ship. And like I said, the, the ship was at least four and a half feet tall. So that means that the, the swells of waves were over that four and a half feet. So at least five feet. But the, the waves kept crashing over the boat, into the boat. And it says that the ship was full of water. It was filled entirely. Filled entirely, four and a half feet of water 
completely full. So those who are with Jesus <laughs> begin to react. At least four of these men were known to be fishermen by trade. We know for sure that James and John were fishermen. They, they worked with their dad as fishermen. And we know for sure that Simon Peter and his brother Andrew were fishermen. So at least four experienced fishermen who would have frequently, I mean nightly, gone out onto the Sea of Galilee to fish. And here they were in the middle of the storm, so frightened, not knowing what to do. So they bring this need to Jesus. They go and wake up a man who is by trade a carpenter. Now, if you needed someone to build you a boat, by trade, Jesus could help you. But by ability and navigation, Jesus wasn't the one. Now, of course, uh, please understand, Jesus knows everything. Y'all know that. You know what I'm saying. But, but he's when you're in the middle of a storm on the sea, you need someone who is a navigator uh, not necessarily someone who knows how to build the ship. I mean, he can encourage you, oh, this ship is built well. It's, I, can, I can look at these boards and these nails and tell you, whoever put this together did a great job. We're going to be fine. But they go and they wake up Jesus. Jesus, wake up. He was in the stern, which is the back of the ship. I had to look that up. <laughs> he was in the stern, asleep, laying down on a pillow, And they roused him from his sleep in order to ask him the question, is it any concern to you that we're being destroyed? And, you know, their, their question was kind of rhetorical because he was asleep. So obviously, it's like, I, you know what, guys? I think we're going to be fine. And we think about this, and we've heard it taught before, I'm sure, that you know Jesus knew what he was going to do. He knew that, that they were going to be okay. He had faith in the Heavenly Father, and that's why he was resting. But in, in all honesty, he was more likely resting because of his humanity, not because of his deity. Now, of course, we know that God rested on the, on the seventh day, and so rest is a good thing, but... But Jesus had just been doing a whole lot. So Jesus begins to rebuke. He, he wakes up, and this word means to be agitated. He arose, he woke up, he was agitated, and then he rebuked. The word means to admonish or forbid. He rebuked the wind. It says in verse 39, and he arose, so he was, he woke up, he was agitated. <laughs> Doesn't say who he was agitated with. He arose and rebuked, or he forbid the wind. He spoke to the sea and said, peace, be still, literally meaning in the Greek, be getting calm, hush up, and stay that way. I mean, that's, that's the literal meaning of this particular thing. Hush up and stay that way. He stands on the stern, I guess. I don't, maybe he was on the bow. I don't, it's moving through. 
But he stands up and, and he says, hush up. Be getting still. Be getting calm. And it says that the elements obeyed him. Here it says, and the wind ceased and there was great calm. The wind ceased, the word here means relax, become tired, as if exhausted. The wind itself was exhausted after buffeting them so much. After swirling around so much, the wind was exhausted. It says there was great calm. This means mega tranquility. So they go in a few verses from mega whirlwind to Jesus speaking and then there's mega tranquility. And then Jesus asked the disciples some personal reflection questions. We understand that when God asks a question, it's not because he needs to know the answer. It's because we need to know the answer. So he turns to them and he asks them some questions that they need to reflect upon. He said, why are you so fearful? He was not expecting an answer and, and we don't receive one from them. But it's something that he is asking them to reflect within their hearts. Why are you so fearful? Why are you so timid? Why are you having so much dread? Why are you so faithless? And again, this is a question to ask, for them to ask themselves, why am I so fearful? Jesus was here. He had said, let's go to the other side. Why am I so fearful? Because the one who has the power to do all things was here with me, but I, I started looking at the storm, and I, I know what storms can do. And the dread began to rise up within me. And then they ask among themselves, well, he, Jesus said, how is it that you have no faith? And think about this. And so that's the second question that he asked them. How is it that you have no faith? They had seen him heal. They had seen him restore sight to the blind. They had seen him do all these miracles. How is it that you have no faith? You've seen all these things. Then they begin to ask among themselves, Who is this that even the elements obey him? It's amazing. We learn from God's word that he gives his beloved sleep. He, that, it's a gift that God gives us. And when, now don't think, don't think that on those sleepless nights, oh Lord, you must not love me tonight. Don't, next time, don't say that. But, but this is a gift that God gives. We don't realize how important good rest is for mental and physical health. Just some statistics that I wrote down, some, some information about sleeping, resting. If it takes less than five minutes to fall asleep, you may be sleep deprived. I know some people that I won't even look at right here. I just look straight at the camera. I know some people who, who don't brag, but who frequently say, I'm asleep before my head hits the pillow. That those people may be sleep deprived. I don't know. <laughs> sleep deprivation increases appetites 
for high-calorie foods. Sleep deprivation can cause hallucinations, paranoia, and psychosis in extreme cases. Sleep deprivation is linked to depression. Sleep is important. Rest is important. In this passage, we see some hard truth about the necessity of rest. The first thing that we see is that we do not confuse laziness with rest. Jesus had been active since early in the day. He had been teaching the crowds. He had been healing sickness and disease. He had been dealing with family drama. He had been doing a whole lot of stuff. Mentally and physically, he was exhausted. So he had no apologies for surrendering to his human need for rest. You see that that Jesus is not... Uh, He's not rowing with these guys. He's not staying up to keep them company. He's not trying to to pray and encourage them in any way. He's like, y'all, I'm tired. I'm going to go rest. And he sets this example for us and for his disciples here that when you are tired, you need to rest. Those of us who are High achievers or perfectionists or simply overworked and overwhelmed will begin a certain self-talk. And maybe it has, maybe it's none of y'all, maybe it's just me and the people watching that, that talk like this to themselves. Maybe you've never, maybe you've never said this, but if you have, something like, you've not done enough to be tired. You, you say that to yourself, that comes in your mind, you've not done enough to be tired. You've not done enough. You do a little more, and then you can rest them. Or there's still so much to do. Just keep going until it's done, and then you can earn your rest. There's still so much stuff. Look at your to-do list. You can't go to sleep now. Or maybe we said, I can push through. Just give me some coffee. I can push through this. I don't, I'm good. I'm going I'm to be fine. Now, understand that I am not a proponent of laziness. I'm more on the other side of do more and do more and do more and, <laughs> and make sure that you've earned your rest at night. However, when you've done your best, when you've done your best, and each day your best may be different. Today, physically and emotionally and mentally, this is all that I can do. This is my best for the day. And you and the Lord know, this is my best. God, I give it to you. Then sleep is your gift from God who loves you. When you have spent yourself in work that week, then rest is your reward from God. God gives us that. He says that throughout the Old Testament. That the Sabbath, it was not a day of restriction. It was a day of gifting. God gave that to the children of Israel as a time to spend with their families. As a time to to catch up on some well-earned rest. Y'all, I'm going to tell you, as soon as I get home, I'm going to change and I'm going to lay on the bed and I'm going to take a nap love it I'm going to lay before the Lord 
I, I, I really enjoy my afternoon naps on Sundays because, again, this is a time that God gives you to be able to rest in Him. The second thing to remember that we can see from this passage is that you cannot calm the storm. You cannot. No matter how mighty you are, no matter how strong you are, no matter how capable you are, you cannot calm the storm. Jesus was the only one on that boat at that time who had the power over those elements. Again, four of those others were experienced fishermen accustomed to those types of elements, accustomed to rowing through terrible storms on the Sea of Galilee. But only one was able to stand on that ship and say, Peace be still. In other passages in which there was a storm on the Sea of Galilee, the writer records that the men on the ship rowed for hours and got nowhere. We're not sure in this particular passage how long they rowed against the winds and the waves. But someone eventually woke up Jesus. How often do you stay awake? How often do you stay awake worried and agonizing over a situation that you can't control? How often do you do that? You lay in bed. And like Sister Dean said, and you can't turn your mind off. And sometimes it's, it's really tough. And I understand that. Because sometimes I'm there and I'm going over things in my mind. Oh, I should have done this. And oh, goodness, I should have said that differently. And you analyze your conversations. Oh, well, I should have told, oh, I should have encouraged that person this way or that way. I should have, oh, I should have called that person or texted that person. I forgot to do that. And, and you begin to, to go over those things you should have done differently. You begin to think about your family that's not saved. Or you think about your loved ones who are in a bad situation and you begin to agonize. Oh, goodness, what, what can be done? What can be done? And we make lists in our head and we think about what can be done. And we lose sleep. We lose that precious rest because we're so worried and so anxious in our hearts. But these are situations that we cannot control. What should we do instead? What did they do? They called Jesus. They got Jesus up. And they placed the worry into his hands. They said, Jesus, we have experience here. We have ideas of what to do. But, but Lord, we're, we're struggling. And he got up. And he took care of the problem. If you're, if you're losing sleep over it, it'll only lead to mental, emotional, and physical stress on your part. Because you cannot, you cannot calm the storms. But there is one who can. And we have to turn those things over to him. In the middle of the night. And, and I'm not saying it's easy. Please understand. Mom says, if you're sleepy, then you need to... If, you, if you're sleeping, you can't sleep. You need to pray. Because oftentimes you begin to pray and whoo, just sleep comes on. You feel so good. Don't know how that happens, but it, it does. So you're laying there and, and you just begin to worry and get concerned and go over these things in your mind. But instead of, instead of being worried, we need to pray. 
God, I turn these things over to you. God, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know what to say in this situation. I don't. I should have said this differently, but God, go before me in, in future. Guard my words. Lord, give me wisdom of how to speak to this person, how to encourage them, whatever it may be. But give those concerns to God and rest in Him. And the third thing that we see, this is a tough one. It is not as bad as it looks. It is not as bad as it looks. The when you're in when you're in the middle of a storm, when it's nighttime, and I find this in myself, when it's nighttime, my emotions are heightened. My sensitivity is on a higher level. And things just seem worse. Shane Williamson, he he's not here to but he will agree. He would agree. It's probably best that he's not here from me saying this because he would agree really strongly. Probably amen more than he has before. But he knows, don't, don't argue back with me when I begin to argue at night. Because I will just... It gets heightened. There have been times in our 10 years of marriage that maybe I was irrational at night. I don't know. <sighs> No, maybe not. And that the next morning I had to wake up and in the clear and sober light of day, I had to say, I was a little crazy and I'm sorry. So at nighttime, your emotions change. And when we are able to have rest and see it differently the next morning, we realize it's not as bad as it seems. It's not as bad as it looks. Because what did Jesus say before they set sail? Before they even left the shore, what did he say? Let's go to the other side. Amen. Now, if I say to you, let's, let's take a trip. Let's go somewhere from here to there. I'm going to do my best. If I'm the one in control of the vehicle or whatever it may be, I'm going to do my best to keep y'all safe, okay? If we're in a plane or, or on a train or something like that, then we're, we're surrendering our, our safety to someone else. So you can pray, you can hope. Lord, let us be all right. Keep us safe, Lord. But if I'm not in control of it, then I can't worry about it too much. So when Jesus said, let's go to the other side, that meant they were going to make it. Awaiting him on the other side of the sea was a man who needed freedom from demon possession. Jesus knew that he had an appointment on the other side of that sea. No matter what they faced while they were on that sea, he knew that they had to get to that region of the Gerasenes. Jesus knew that they were going to make it. He knew that they had done this before. They had passed this way with success. And it's the same in our lives. We can look back and think, I made it. It looked tough. I've had storms before. I've been in situations before that looked awful and dark and stormy. But I've made it before. I know that when I have Jesus with me, I'm going to be okay. So they're here in this boat. Worried. But again, consider 
this boat, and they, and they still have it. Okay, again, this, this Jesus boat, and y'all can look it up and Google it, the Jesus boat. It's still pretty well intact. It's a very well-made boat. And like I said before, Jesus was a carpenter. So his, his humanity and his human understanding, he could look at that boat and say, this boat has everything that it needs to keep us safe and to get us to the other side. So what was carrying them was able to withstand the whirlwind and the waves. So understand that the one who is carrying you is able to protect you against. Not that the storm won't affect you in one way or the other. Not that you won't feel the wind against your face and that you won't feel the rain on your head. But that what is carrying you is able to carry you. That it will and can withstand anything. They should have rested easy with Jesus. Because as soon as he called out to those wind and the waves as as soon as he stood up on their behalf everything changed hush quiet down no more and the wind stopped and the sea rested and all was tranquil and he asked them why they had been timid living without faith and so jesus asks us today and it's a reflection question why are you not resting what do you think you can do that god can't do and if you are not willing to put those things in his hands, ask yourself why. So, rest is important. Physically, emotionally. Striving and pushing yourself. Feeling guilty for resting. That's not healthy. God rested from his work on the seventh day. And Jesus took naps. So we need to be like Jesus. When you get tired, you need to rest. When you get tired, you need to lay those burdens at the feet of Jesus and know that he has control over them. So don't confuse laziness with rest. You cannot calm the storm, and it's not as bad as it looks. Um, so today, as we, as we are nearing the end of the service, because it is prayer focus. Uh, we're going to do something a little different, but I've, uh, Amanda knows. <laughs> Amanda knows what's going on. So, for those you guys, stay still for just a second. Uh, for those who are watching online, this is the end of the road for us this week. May Yahweh bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious unto you, and may He give you His peace in Jesus' name. Amen.